welcome to the Big Black Clock Podcast. Now, let's see what the guys have to say. Welcome back to the Big Black Clock. I have no idea what episode it is, but it's, it's a 70, special episode. Something. It's an episode something, 74, 5, 74? So, uh, we're in the 70s for sure now. Yeah, yeah no, and definitely. It's, uh, um, I think it's 74. So there's, it's a special episode because we're going to be talking about Omega, like all about Omega, the releases, with the exception, I know of, that it's all the talk the last few days of the um, Moonswatch, which we record this a f- about a week or a few like days before it comes out. So if it comes out on Monday, we recorded this the week before throughout the week. So we're saving that for next episode. And, you know, so without getting into too many discussions, we know it's dominating the airwaves. So uh, I'm really excited to talk about that one. But I really like the episode that we have today. That's 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 going to be a lot of fun. It's been quite a few releases in the, in, the, in the recent while, so. You know what? I will say this has been quite the year so far for Omega and the releases. I was never looking right. forward to anything. I think they made a splash. I think they're in the news. It's great. Not Like Tudor kind of always dominates which we'll see what happens with Watches and Wonders, but uh, Omega is definitely yeah. right there. And this Swatch, even though it's more Swatch than it is Omega, like it's... Yeah. I'm just I'm just going to summarize it as gateway drug. To what? To more drugs. <laughs> well, it's like marijuana, puff, puff, pass, to <laughs> sucking <laughs> for meth, you know? <laughs> Okay. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. So, so, that's quite a gateway. <laughs> exactly. Stay it's away from my kids. <laughs> it's a thin line between. <laughs> hey, uh, is there something special about the episode today? It feels different. It feels like there's... It feels a better, weight eh? has been... A hairy weight has a been very removed. Hairy, a very hairy weight has been removed. Yeah. So it finally happened. <laughs> Carl has missed an episode. 70 episodes in. He is stranded. What a loser! He's stranded in Europe uh, with COVID. Somewhere in Europe, yeah. <laughs> with COVID, <laughs> and this is what's even better about the story. He traveling with his his girlfriend, and they test the day before they come back. She's negative, and he's positive. <laughs> so he got stranded there. It's because she came home. It's because he's weak, I guess. Oh, he's weak. He's, he's weak. super weak. She she did very test positive actually. System. She did test positive coming back on arrival, but he tested positive before he got on the plane. So now well, he's... he shouldn't have been making out with bats, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it That's happens. That's what happens. <laughs> I guess you kind of uh, deserve it, you know? That's what happens. So yeah. what are you wearing? <laughs> so yeah, let's wrist check. I'm wearing my Omega Seamaster 1977. Uh, it's with the gray dial, the caliber 1022. So it's the day date. Uh, integrated bracelet. Yeah, uh, in honor of this week's episode, and I don't think we're gonna need much of a clue. But uh, why don't you tell us what you're wearing, Dimitri? Well, it started with O, and it <laughs> sounds like a shmishmega. <laughs> <laughs> Rhymes like shmishmega. <laughs> it's uh, I'm wearing my speedy. I put it back on the original bracelet. I washed it. Uh, actually, highly recommend this. I've tried. It. I've never tried it before, but I've I made like a little soap bath yep. for the bracelet. I washed it very well. Like it, a lot of stuff came out of it, and all of the little nicks and crannies were cleaned, and it kind of feels almost like new, right? There's nothing, there's no grime or how Carl will call it, wrist cheese anywhere right now on the bracelet. It, it's super, right. super clean. Uh, highly recommend. Put it back on. Took off the 
Uncle Seiko that I wore for a bit, to be honest, kind of lost interest in that Uncle Seiko bracelet because I thought it was a bit Yeah, you were kind of disappointed. It was very, very cheaply done. The, the, cl- the clasp is so, so cheaply made that it, it, it just it killed it for me. Uh, however, Uncle Seiko just released a new bracelet for the SPB 143 or the, 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 the 62 saw, Mass. Yeah. Very similar looking Jubilee that tapers down quite nicely, but that one has a proper milled clasp. So that's yeah. going to be, that will feel nicer for sure. But, and again, Omega kind of requires a, a high quality bracelet that's not really made for Seiko, right? It doesn't really kind of right. fit for me. But yeah, I'm wearing this again in honor of this episode also. So wonderful. So let's uh, dive right in. Um, and the reason I'm saying let's dive right in, the first release, so that le- let's jump right into the, the most, I think, insane... Or a launch, like you would do in space. Exactly. But the big, I think the, 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 the most insane watch that of the group that we're going to discuss now, the Planet Ocean Ultra Deep. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> in 2019... <laughs> Omega had a concept uh, of their Planet Ocean Ultra Deep Professional that never saw the light of day. So this was one that was in response to the Rolex Deep Sea Challenge, uh, which never also came to fruition. There were five of them that were that were prototypes, but they were never made. And we're talking about a 12,000 meter diver, uh, 28 millimeters thick. <laughs> With two Cs. Jesus, they strapped really, that thing to really. the two devices to go down, right? So I think this was a little bit of a flex because obviously this watch is, is um, way over the top for its specs, right? I don't know if it's wearable, 20 millimeters thick. Now it's become 15, it's a 15,000 meters um, and it's 18 millimeters thick, the new Ultra Deep? Ultra Deep is 28 no, no, it's now it's now down to eighteen. The original concept was twenty eight. It's now down to eighteen, which makes it more sellable, I guess. <laughs> and by the way, you need a NATO on that too because it hasn't been added yet. Um, so th- that was the the concept that had just come out. So this watch in twenty twenty two, this is their new ultra deep. The first thing is we're looking at a forty five point five millimeter case, grade five titanium, so it's got to be light. Um, an Omega Steel. It's a new type of steel. It's more resistant than other types of steel. It's uh, it's six thousand meters. It's fifteen thousand um, Gauss for the magnetic resistance. Oh, right. Okay. Because because I was like, why? If it, there's nothing that deep in the world that requires fifteen thousand meters. Um, yeah, but it, yeah, my, it, it was their um, their concept. The, I'm talking about the concept watch that was twenty eight millimeters thick yeah the omega if you write omega ultra omega planet ocean ultra deep professional in 2019 the concept so okay yeah the concept yeah they never saw it but this is based on that concept this is kind of the response to the rolex deep sea right so the and i mean there's no getting away from it the dials the gradient dials look a lot like the Rolex Deep Sea, the um, the James Cameron edition, um, but this watch comes in solid case back to keep the thickness the, to really keep the potential ingress down. Uh, so it's eighteen millimeters thick. The steel is a Omega steel. It has more resistance than other types of steel. So there's actually no rinse required when you have salt water on the watch. 
Um, and it is so sealed, there's no date because they want no potential uh, way of air getting in to the case. And they don't even have uh, a helium escape valve because they're so confident that no air can ingress into the watch. So it's actually pretty insane. What's interesting about watch. this uh, is like, well, I was looking at the, specifically at the no helium escape valve portion. Yeah. It's cool because they have something like five or six patents pending right now because of the design of the whole watch, right? It's a crystal design. It's the, um, the, right. um, the seal design, the crown design that they even throw away. They have a, like a trademarked liquid metal type thing. I don't even right. know what that is, but it's some sort of a sealing in the, I guess, in the bezel ring. Which right. is so insane that it doesn't require any escapement. I I feel just that alone is is making this watch very cool. It's it's it makes me think of that meme. It's like that's a gutsy strategy. Let's see how it pays off, Cotton. Right, that in dodgeball. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but this is, I think, a real flex, and and that's what I wanted to. I think it's a flex. I don't know the utilities there for sure, but let me ask you, Dimitri, who do you think this watch is for? Like, who do they make this for? This is a. This is a this is a kind of like a Batman watch, right? It's just it's 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 almost to me it feels like something that Richard Mille would make, right? Just like hey, we have we 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 did this, and I compared it to like the Rolex Deep Sea, and there's a yeah. few other ones, right? This one has the lowest or the the highest, let's say, bar or highest water resistance rating of all. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So it kind that's of it, it kind of is the, right now the peak of the diving watches in the world. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of the flex here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's yeah. more of a statement because I don't think that the watch is very comfortable to wear. Omega has some super nice diver watches that are a lot more, let's say, elegant. And this one is cool, but it's as cool as wearing like a huge Richard Mille, you know? That's kind of how but I But it, it is, you know, and I think to your point, which is great for Omega, when I'm going, like, I'm not particularly attracted to all the Omegas when I kind of go into the, the shop, but this is one I'm going to be like, hey, do you have one? I'd like to try it on. I really want to see how it fits. I want to see those lugs, how light that titanium is. Because the lug to lug is not very large. You know, it should fit quite well. It's the, the thickness that's there. And I don't know. It's like, I mean, if you're wearing, if you're going diving, it comes on the rubber, there's textile straps. The lugs yeah. are altered based on the straps. So they're really trying to think about how comfortable it can be based on the type of strap you take. So I don't know. Omega do make comfortable watches. I'm looking forward to seeing how it sits. I would love to see it in person and watch. It's, you can watch, yeah. What's a, um, and so what's a, have you found out that what's a mega steel? What are Omega they? Steel, yeah, it's like a, it's an it's a proprietary steel that they've put onto this watch that makes it extra corrosion resistant. It's a type of steel that it's 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 Rolex has its 904L steel, right? It's alloy, mm -hmm. right? This is like their response to it by saying, "Look, this is our steel. You don't even need to rinse it after going into salt water, right? Which is what most other watches recommend. They don't even need it. So this this watch is a is okay. a real tank. So looking forward to it. It has an 8912 movement which is pretty much the 8900 caliber without the date and uh, you're looking at a 12.3000 usd watch and 11.2000 if you go with the strap so it's um it's a lot of watch i'm looking forward to to seeing it um In trying watch. it on uh <laughs> by the way i looked it up i, I was wrong it, it is uh it is uh, it's a 45 millimeter and 18 millimeter thick right? yeah 
because I, I, for some reason, I thought that they this was a 28 millimeter cube, <laughs> but, but it's not. <laughs> that was the concept one, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's uh, the other thing that I think was worth a mention of a mention that that watch comes with um, integrated lugs, or exactly. kind of like the. Uh, the FXD? Fixed lugs, yeah. But Fixed there's like lugs, an yeah. opening in the lugs, if you notice. And it only works with NATO straps, uh, which is still, which yeah. is fine. But uh, No, but they also uh, come with a textile strap. They have a textile right. strap that comes with it. So Omega, and but the lugs also change based on the strap that you get, by the way. So the lugs will be fixed or some of them will be open like hooks, depend on which strap you get. So it's pretty cool. Um, I'm really looking forward to trying it on. Would you ever consider buying a watch like this for yourself? As a, fu- it, it's a fuck you watch. It is definitely. It, I, That's definitely, what I was saying. Yeah. Who is this watch for? You said it. It's like just because you know, if I had a boat and I lived maybe the, you know in, in the ocean, uh, if I was in, an oligarch by, by the but, ocean, uh, maybe you know, they're losing their boats nowadays. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine you get yeah maybe I might I would maybe as a fuck you watch I I, I like it I like the gradient I've always liked the deep sea. I'd have to see how comfortable it is. I feel it's cool. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. Like 18, 18 millimeters is, is is a lot, but it's not as big as I thought. Like I was afraid it was 28. So 28 is unacceptable for me. Like I would never wear this, right? But I think the 28 millimeter one, and it's also, it was 55 millimeters in diameter. Yeah, I think it was yeah. made to strap to something. I don't think it was to person. <laughs> to, to it was to thigh. strap to a submarine. <laughs> To a thigh. They actually did that, eh? I think when they, yeah. when they did that test, they they strapped a, yeah. a watch to outside of a submarine or a, whatever the batiscaf thing, and then they pushed it down uh, the trench. Same thing with this watch. Yeah. Same thing with this one. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that the engineering is very cool. It's a very nice looking watch, and they yeah, have like what it. four, five like different it. let's say combinations, colors yeah. and the uh, colors and bracelet, no bracelet kind of scenarios. I really want to try it on, I, and I think that yeah. that is a very good segue because. Colors is a, is is kind of the theme of the Omega oh, yeah. releases this year. So if we're moving on and staying with the divers, there's the new Seamaster 300, obviously getting the term Hulk. I right? love that. I know, I, I know Carl is probably going to hate that, but I'm definitely going to call it Hulk from now on. I actually love that watch. Like that green is so yeah. deep. It's such a good... Omega, to be I, honest, um, and this is kind of like... I a, agree. This is like the quick, quick kind of tangent. Omega in general, I find, just nails it with colors absolutely nails it like i don't i don't remember a release that omega made that just wasn't a nice looking color or a color combination like look you at the recent speedmaster well, anyways we will get to that yeah. but it's it's, but it's you know, unbelievable to your point and i agree looking at their seamaster 300 line now which isn't my favorite in general because i think it's very tooly but you know that blue is remarkable their black wave dial is wonderful yeah. the white polar dials is stunning and this green what i love so much about it is that it's a little bit more subtle or ref- or subdued than the Hulk, which is very, very flashy green. And a lot of people are, are shitting on it in the news saying it's just a Hulk. To me, it's a Hulk with more bulk. You know, I think that this... It rhymes too. It's, it's just another green watch to me. And they're like, we need to make this watch in green. People are asking for it. So I'm like, go for it, you know? And I think it's, it's really, really well done. Um, it's because green is a color that doesn't belong to Rolex. Anyone can make a green, but also it's not watch. the same green. Like it's it's a deeper. Exactly. It's a more. I would say that that green has more depth. If you know what I mean, like, like a forced like, green. It's not a. Yeah. It's not a very flat like a fluorescent. Well, not fluorescent, but you know what I mean. Like it's a bit of a darker, Bright. interesting shade. Lustrous. Yeah, less flat. Like there's more depth. I, I find in that color itself. I I love that watch. But you, you the other thing, the other one I think from the same family that should be mentioned is the. 
the No Time to Die variation of the watch, right? Right. I think that yeah. color also just works perfectly. And I wish they had a other version of a same watch in titanium, not necessarily just the No Time to Die. Because I'm not, let's say, the biggest fan of guilt. Also, the price is insane for that specific version. They need they need to take that mesh bracelet from the No Time to Die and start putting yes. it on all their Seamasters. That and, was And this is really the, the, the one thing I was going to also mention is... <sighs> If only that Seamaster 300M had a bracelet that tapers a little bit, more elegant, I would just buy it. I would definitely consider that to be it's, my next watch. Yeah, it is a really good diver. It is a lot of diver. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. very bulky. It's very tooly. Um, but you get they the do fantastic well. movement also, right? The 8800. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exposed case back to Yeah, yeah. Really, really well. So it's a win, I'm assuming? Oh, yeah, definitely a win. I think it's it's great. Um, very. I mean, Tudor like, could come out with expensive. Tudor could come out with a Black Bay Fifty Eight in blue and get all this hype. Omega did the same thing. Good for them. Yeah, I agree. And right, that, that Omega. I'm not sure if it comes or is it available separately. But there's a rubber strap. A uh, rubber strap. You can buy it on a, a metal or a rubber strap, and the rubber strap is the same green, right? It also looks pretty nice. I, I'm like, if I would own a, a Speed a Seamaster, I would want to get a rubber strap separately as well. 100%. And th- I think that's a good point. All you buyers out there, it's an add-on to the regular line. At the prices that they're selling, $300 more gets you the bracelet. Get the bracelet, yeah. buy the rubber strap after. It's the better um, um, equation there. It's only $300. Yeah. So moving on, which I think was one of their, I think the most talked about line, the most controversial as well, it seemed the new Aquaterra line. So the response to the Oyster Perpetual 2021 launch of the multicolor dials was very intense. And it sold out so quickly. But I think what also did was it elevated the Oyster Perpetual from being a line that could be sold out. Because the last dial, the last line never, wasn't really that popular with the blue and the grape. Not everyone was jumping on But now this Tiffany blue broke the internet, was trading higher than the Daytona. Some people are saying, bring in your Tiffany Blue and I can give you a Daytona for it. it remarkable for a $6,000 watch, $6,000 yeah. Canadian watch. And now this seems to be the Oyster Terra or the Aqua Perpetual. The Omega's come out with its new response to it and a very similar series of color, 34 millimeters for a unisex option. 38 millimeters, which is kind of responding to the 41 millimeter Oyster Perpetual. So what are your thoughts on this, Dimitri? I want to hear, what do you think about these watches? Well, so it kind of does look like they are copying the Oyster Perpetuals because they've also released five colors. I'm talking about the 38 millimeters right now, right? Those are absolutely exactly the same colors, except the pink. And you have the, they have the sandstone color instead of pink. Every other color is the same. However... Like I mentioned for the, in the previous watches, right? Those are like they're more the deeper colors. Like there's more behind the, just the color. It's not like a very flat, very bright color. There, there, there's a lot of substance. I find I really, really like every single color, both on the 38 and the 40, 34 millimeters. The watch itself is a fantastic watch. If, Absolutely. I think if the marketing wasn't there, which I think it's kind of a little bit, you kind of see what they're doing, right? They're going after the same segment or the same market share. Uh, if they were just released separately, I'll say, if there was no Oyster Perpetual kind of involved in this scenario, I wouldn't even discuss this, but, and I would just think that this is a fantastic release in general, right? Because size-wise, excellent. And I think even bo- both 34 and 38 
are equally maybe I'm not sure if I like the the round date window on the 34 uh, but uh, you know now they put the new 8800 caliber in there also meta certified 55 hours power reserve the watch That's itself is nice 15 touch. bar like it's a perfect all around watch I, I haven't looked up what the price is for the 38 millimeters but man this is like a so, Rolex Explorer almost right yeah but better so let me in terms of i'll specs. give my opinion and you know i totally yeah. agree with you where i think they copied rolex or where i think they're the, it looks bad is that the way they released it was kind of like the same way rolex right. released it it's like yeah. this batch of colors in this aquaterra line which is a line that's very similar to the oyster perpetuals this all-arounder watch that you can kind of wear my so i i feel like it was like a mass market release um the irks that i have the date window looks like an afterthought. It's no longer steeped. It's not like a stepped date window. Um, it just kind of, like, they just o kind of put it there. On which? On both? I don't models like... Or the 38? The, both. If you look at the old Aquaterra line, the mm -hmm. other one with the, um, the the one that I shared in the in the best watch for 5,000 bucks. I never read um, your share, so I don't even know what you're talking about. You were on the podcast. Uh, wait. <laughs> you were on that episode. <laughs> <Are we> recording? <laughs> and then... The, they took away another part of the, that I liked. I like the meta certified movement, but however, the independent adjusting hour hand, they, I don't I don't like that they took that away. That's too bad. And the other thing, the price, and this is what you were saying. I don't know what the price is. The watch comes in more expensive than the Seamaster 300M. Well, the Seamaster, yeah, yeah, yeah. That green Hulk, like to me when I saw that, I was like, why is it more expensive than that? Uh, which is a watch that kind of rivals the, the um, excuse me, the uh, Rolex Submariner, right? That's their tool watch. How could the Oyster Perpetual be at the same, pr the Aquaterra is running at the same price as the Rolex Submariner? Yeah, it's a good point. It's hard to, it's hard to that's, justify. That's a tough pill to swallow. Only thing I can mention, I think, is that, that the new edition has a better, let's say, more better finished movement or no better finished case i mean yeah. i think yeah. the the bracelet is high polish all of it yeah. whereas let's say the, the master isn't right but yes i kind of yeah i don't know it's hard to see i don't know it's a tough sell for me in general how much of a jump is it in pricing comparing to the previous uh, generation well you let's know? give it put it this way put it this way the omega the blah, 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 omega the omega oh the omega aquaterra on the rubber bracelet, the old model was at thirty eight hundred US dollars. Say on Joma Shop, boxes and papers. Mm. So this one is what time? What's it retailing at? I see, I'm one? looking at six thousand US. Six thousand US. So maybe you can get it for fifty five hundred. Maybe when the all calms down, maybe a little bit less. But it's still a thousand fifteen hundred dollars US more on the gray market. Say yeah. So. Tough sell for me, and the uh, sorry, and the Omega Seamaster three hundred, the blue and the black, the green one. Obviously, you can't get it at that price, but on Joma right now, they're at forty one hundred USD. So, tough sell for me for tough. that one right now on the price. But I I like what they're doing. I think that other than the release, I like that they're coming out with new colors. I love the terracotta color; it looks really good. Um. It's nice. It's nice that I actually took a screenshot of the all of the color dials and the names under. So now I know exactly what you're talking about. Nice. Okay. I like that one. Uh, yeah, I, but cool. to be honest, though, I, I'm a fan of green and blue in general. So I like those. They, yeah. Those are well done. Uh, Bay green and Atlantic blue, they call them. Uh, oh, they're okay. all nice, to be honest. They're all nice. I, I, it's hard yep. to even pick. 
All right. So moving on to your favorite watch, the Speedmaster. The, there was the release as well from Omega, the Speedmaster 57 uh, re-release. The last version came out in 2013, the original one. And there were a lot of issues with that watch and critiques in terms of the design, in terms of, of um, the movement, in terms of uh, the finish as well. So this watch... Um, Instead of taking a literal vintage release and saying we're going to do a reissue one to one, they have fun with this watch. So I want to know what what do you think about this one? Well, um, I don't in general like steel colored bezels, and I know this is like right. the, the original, let's say, the Speedmaster pre NASA mission Speedmaster. Let's say um, they kind of combined the the modern technology with the the vintage thing so i i think that vintage aspect of it has been lost a little bit because they put the new 9906 caliber that they've just recently introduced in the chronoscope uh it's a cool caliber it's it's like more compact i think thinner than the 3861 that they're putting into the, uh, the 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 new speedmasters this one is a uh, meta certified as well, so it's 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 very cool. But it's a different watch, right? Because it only has two subdials, unlike the original Speedmaster Fifty Seven. And I I'm not sure, right? And the other thing is that they've released four colors. Um, I like the green. I like the classic black. I don't like the other two. I think there's like a bright red and uh, something else. Bright red and blue. Blue is nice. Blue. I don't like the bright red. Maybe it just has to grow on me. But I, if it looks flat to me in the pictures that I've seen, but I guess right. it's also sunburst. So I think my biggest beef with this specific watch is that they decided to use this movement in the watch that's supposed to have like a three to one in movement instead, or maybe a thirty-eight sixty-one. Even if if they wanted to upgrade it to the Meta certified one, um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting take. I I went the other way. I love this Speedmaster rendition. I'll tell you why. I think that they didn't go down the route of doing a an exact rend, uh, an exact like say reissue like the Ed White. They decided to go with that ninety nine oh six, which is a manual wind open case back, making the watch significantly thinner. Um, I love that they had fun with it. Meaning they had the blue, the burgundy, and the green, which I think uh, the one I like the least is the black one. You know, really? the classic dial. The the other ones look great. I love the red. I love the blue. I love the it's green because it's it's a lot of fun. And also, I'm a fan of the broad arrow. So when I see that, I was like, okay, this was always one that I that was that I attracted. And the price is good. This is less than ten grand for a Speedmaster with the unique color, a manual wine exposed case back movement. It's a lot of fun. It's 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 not true to its vintage history, but I think it's it's a Speedmaster for the for the maybe the non. Speedmaster, like I need the traditionalist yeah. one, like like you when you were looking at the Hesselite with the Moonwatch. Like I agreed with you, but I think this one is a lot of fun, and I think it's a great release by them. I think they fixed what they needed to do from 2013 to now. What do you think about two things? So, what do you think about departure from the three subdials, and also what do you think about the date window, which I don't like at all. I can't unsee it. I know, I know. The date window is never something that you like. A lot of people need a date. Um, the three subdials, the departure of it. I'm okay with it. And the reason why is because this is not trying to be a vintage reissue. They're trying to take the one that they did in 2013. They're having fun with it. They're changing the colors. There was no blue broad arrow two sub dial Omega Speedmaster in the past. They're having fun with it. And I and I think it's, it's, it's good because they're, they're 
Omega's quick at being able to say, hey, we're going to come out with a, um, uh, a a new rendition of the Speedmaster and it's this true to form. And you're like, it's great, but it's fu- it's okay to have fun as well. And I think that's also a big reason why the Omega Swatch, Moon Swatch, is going to be great as well. The fun that they took, the, the, yeah. uh, the different fun. Yeah. Okay, interesting because you know we totally disagreed on this one. Right? Like we we had not disagreed, but we totally had like a, a opposite opinion on this one. Yeah, and I think I, that's great. I, I it's kind of for who, right? Yeah, I think I have to reevaluate my friendship with you. <laughs> we don't have anything <laughs> in common, Kevin. <laughs> it's like I don't even know you. <laughs> um, yeah, the date. I'm yeah. I'm not a big fan of the date window unless it's done super well. Like unless it's made to be, unless it's made to be. The center, not a center of attention, but you know what I mean, like like the Rolex with the with the Cyclops, right? Like it's made, it's part of the design, and it's an integral part of the design. It doesn't look like an afterthought. I don't like it. I don't need to right, know right, the date. Right. Let's say I'm not usually as lost that I can require to know what date it is. Time, yeah, but not the date necessarily. But great. I, so I, let's continue here. That's um, we currently have as well a new Speedmaster, not the fifty-seven. The Moon Watch is back. But specifically, the ones that came out um, were two of them. One of them made famous, it seems, uh, like the, uh, the, the green John Mayer Daytona. They've also come out with a novelty of a full gold Omega Speedmaster with a green dial, which is very similar to that Daytona, which I was like, mm-hmm. It didn't really click with me. Mm-hmm. But they also came out with the other novelty, full gold, Panda uh, Moon Watch Professional. Look for the the. It is a remarkable. Uh, it's called Moonshine Gold on Moonshine Gold. <laughs> this watch comes in at a fifty thousand dollars Canadian for a full gold Omega eighteen carat Omega uh, Speedmaster with the caliber thirty eight sixty one with the special finish luxury. So this is a remarkable watch for me i don't know what you think about it what do you think about these two releases i love uh, them yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like it's not i, I kind of it's fuck, i'm trying to think remember there was a an edition of the speedmaster the first speedmaster they made with the three to one movement that was another gold version with the with the red bezel yes it was a few years ago that was very expensive though that was like a 70 i don't know like a seventy thousand dollar watch or something uh, yeah, this one. I started looking at it. I'm like, well, the green is very cool. But then I started looking at the the gold panda, and I'm like, god damn, that's so yeah. cool. It's so blingy, that's, but it's such a cool so blingy cool. watch. I would totally wear it. And the price, I was afraid. I, I thought it was going to be close to like upper 50s, 60s, you know. But it, yeah. it's it's 26k US on rubber, or so like 30 something plus and like 47 right uh, on the on the on the bracelet. Very, very, very good. Um, Thirty-eight sixty-one movement. That that moonshine gold. Uh, very cool. Also, it's uh, something that Omega launched in twenty nineteen as a high performance alternative to their traditional eighteen karat gold that they used. And why is right. it different? Is because it uses a mixture of gold, silver, copper, and palladium. So it has a bit of a cooler wow. tone to it, and. Uh, it should actually like the, the advantage of mixing those different metals is it, it's, it should prevent the color from fading away over time. The shine, yeah, you do, you're, just, is, you're not uh, gonna lose that shine. I I love it. I I I love it. Uh, and the green Fuck is yeah. kind of like it's like a goldish green, right? It's not just a green. 
if you, you kind of feel the gold is coming seeping through the through the green in there, eh? Oh, I think it's great. What do you I, think? I think it's less blingy. I, th- I agree with you 100%. This was one that I, I, I absolutely loved. That's what I was saying, you know, um, the Lemania-based fun change from the steel, you know, uh, 24,000 on the strap, 36,000 on the bracelet in US, full gold panda, great fuck you watch. Um, the green doesn't do it for me because I don't wear green, but and but I like this more than the... Well, I like that green Daytona as well. <laughs> I'm not going to lie uh, with the the gold. But this one, I think, is a, it was a little bit too much in response to that. I wonder if the registers were white on that green dial would have been really dope too. Maybe. That would have been a It would have been very, very more very contrasting, right? It would stand out too, too much. Well, not too much in Australia, but yeah. it would stand out more. But uh, oh, yeah, for sure. man, I for love sure. that bracelet. And I love the exposed case well, back too with that movement. God damn. Very, very well done by uh, by Omega. Yeah. I have to say that was a really good release of the Speedmaster. It was one that got my attention. Normally, other than the three, two, one that came out in the last couple of years, not really many of them have have caught my eye. I, uh, I was like, oh, okay, I was yeah. just like, okay, another Speedmaster. But this one was like, good job. I'm, on a, that, I'm a huge fan of the Snoopy that came out a couple of years ago, which is yeah, impossible to the, buy. The one that the Snoopy the Snoopy travels back, right? around on the back yeah. once you yeah. engage the chronometer. How much was that? That was like 50K too? Or uh, no, it wasn't that expensive. It was like 15K. But the problem is that you can't buy it now and it, it trades at like 30 or something, right? Insane. All right. So moving on, the last release that we have Omega finishing with Gerald Genta design, the, const- the new Constellation 41. We're looking, is this a Datejust alternative? It's $6,500, less than the Datejust, accessible now with that beautiful touch of the ceramic bezel which is something they didn't have before, that beautiful new ceramic bezel with the new color, two-tone, new cases, new straps, a uh, fraction of the price of the date just, available, upgraded movement. I really like this release. What Do you what do you like this uh, this new release, um, Dimitri? I'm just not a fan of Constellation in the first place. This is, right. it's it's a specific, I, I really love the, the dials on this new watch. Uh, design to me makes me think of the Maurice Lacroix the diver that with Carlo was talking about last week, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see, like, I'm curious to see what you think in general about Constellation, because to me, that didn't really catch my attention. I kind of glanced at it and, you know, didn't really, when re- let's think, say we weren't interested enough yeah. to research. I like the Constellation. It was the, it's kind of like the under the radar Omega. What I think is what people need to kind of understand, one, if you're if you like Gerald Genta, you like his design, you like integrated bracelet, this is an omega you can get. You're looking at a chronometer, a master chronometer certified, an exposed case back, 41 millimeters, which is right in that sweet spot of like the oyster perpetual for the all-arounder or the date just. Um, you're looking at a grand feu, which is like a white enamel dial, ceramic um a, a, a white ceramic dial, um, and a master coaxial chronometer caliber 8900 that's visible through the back. This watch, this is what's amazing. The claws that you see on the side on the three and the nine actually hold the bezel onto the watch. And um, I mean, this watch comes in at 8900 Canadian, 6500 US dollars. And I can't see why a date just would be so much better than this watch if you were to look at it this watch has everything that you could possibly uh want so uh i i'm a i'm a big fan 
of uh, of of this watch in general. I think they're doing a really good job to a line that was considered boring about ten years ago, and now they're coming out with new versions of it, new dials of it, uh, with better products, better movements. Uh, I think it's it's excellent. They have rubber straps, leather straps. You can do pretty much with everything you want with this watch. Dress it up, dress it down, two tone. I think it's great. All right, all right, all right. So that kind of does the tour of what we wanted to discuss from the from the Omegas. And um, I think we also wanted to talk about really quickly here um, in, in terms of the other releases. Did you get a chance to see that new Bulgari? Yeah, I quickly looked at the Bulgari uh, Octofinissimo. That is insanity and i not i would never buy that watch to wear it because it's it's very unique but i mean from an engineering standpoint that thing's insane it's ridiculous and it, 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 this is actually what i was gonna ask you like this watch is what like 1.8 millimeters thick or something like that yeah something like that yeah. uh, are you is it actually okay to wear it without bending I feel like I don't know. it's too thin for you to wear it without bending it. Isn't it dangerous? I might know nothing about the metal's, yeah. let's say, rigidity, but it looks to me that I would not even want to take it out of the box because... But you're absolutely right. At that point, it's an art piece. Like how, how can it withstand How can it withstand shock, for example? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, mm-hmm. It looks crazy to me. An amazing piece of engineering, amazing achievement. But uh, exactly, I, I but in general, are you a fan of the Octa Finissimos? Would, would it be a watch that you would consider for yourself? Not necessarily, not necessarily I like some of their versions, I like the ones that are maybe a little bit less complicated. I like their Roma, I like their Octo uh line in general. The Octo Finissimo, I think I, I've liked the one that they have with this, the, the satin steel. Um, but um, for example, the Octo Finissimo, this new one. Uh, is just incredibly thin at 1.8 millimeters thick. Um, so this watch is 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 incredible in terms of the of the engineering behind it. But it's not one that I would ever I would necessarily wear. The other the regular Octofinissimo I I might wear. I, I've tried it on before. It is incredibly light, incredibly subtle. It still has wrist presence even though it's thin. Uh, great watches. I like what Bulgari does, though. I like the one, the Bulgari uh, aluminum that I have. I like the Octo, the, the World Time. Uh, yeah, I'm a fan. It's interesting that this specific watch is so thin. It's called, by the way, it's the Bulgari Octofinissimo Ultra. It's uh, yeah. it's so thin that they didn't have space to put a dial. So you so you have no dial, and you're kind of looking at the movement, and they integrated the the dial with the movement itself. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Very cool, um, very cool. But it's an very, art piece very for cool. me as well. An art piece for me. But let's go to something a little bit more functional. This one's also getting a lot of hype. Kind of died down very quickly because of the release of the Omega, the Moon Swatch. But Longines came under the radar with the three new color variations for their recently very successful Longines Spirit line. There was the 37 millimeters that was released earlier this month, which is very unisex with a. Um, with um, a, few, a few color variations that I really like, the silver dial. But they've just come out with the new Longines Spirit Zulu Time, a true GMT. And when I say true GMT is that you're able to move the GMT, uh, the hour hand independently than the GMT, which is supposed to be your local time. Um, so the Spirit comes in at 42 millimeters, 13.9 millimeters thick. 
you're looking at a chronometer certified 10 bar Longines GMT in three colorways. You got a blue, beautiful kind of like gradient blue. You got a black with a blue GMT hand and this nice, cool, like vintage loom cream with a green bezel, gradient bezel. What are your thoughts on this one, Dimitri? I love everything that Longines has been doing in the recent while, specifically with their vintage or heritage lines, right? Uh, yeah. The Longines Spirit, like the recent the recent pilot in Titanium, was like one of the greatest pilot watches I've seen, one of the best Longines watches I've seen in a long time. This one, I think, right. also is absolutely amazing because it's a chronometer certified, like you said, true GMT in a yeah. watch that is not even is is what forty two millimeter case, a ten bar, yeah. and it's only three thousand dollars US. Yeah. I don't think you're probably going to in a few months get it for less than that on like gray market, yeah. but that's a really, really absolutely great amazing. Chrono. And there's a couple of colors. Too, I love right? the blue one, obviously. Yeah. The green one's nice too. Three colors, right? Yeah, three. Yeah. The blue is super nice. That green one is going to be popular. The blue one's nice. Even the black one looks good. Yeah. With that kind of blue GMT hand looks good. What do you think about the fact that, and this is kind of common to all of the Spirit line, uh, the the five stars on it. Do you like the fact that every single dial now has those five stars on it? Yeah. Um, the five stars is actually represented, I think it came from oh, their... Of a Yelp um, preview. <laughs> no, but I think it came from their... Um, uh, the five-star design, I think it came from, uh, they had a line called the Admiral line. And uh, the five-star design is something that they've always, uh, that they, they've used uh, over the years. Is It's essentially, it's not like an Uber rating to give them that they have a five-star top rating there. But uh, I think it signifies something. I'd have to look it up what it meant. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure that if it's true, then I guess that makes sense. Again, the date window looks like an afterthought, but the rest is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to find here. Longin has been oh, really killing it. Some. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, okay, so they used to have some watches that had three stars on them called in the Admiral. Then they ended up starting to put five stars. Um, but I can't seem to find anything in terms of saying that it just it means more. So if you look at Orient, Orient has... Uh, three stars that means something. Seiko five means something, right? right? There's five yeah. attributes to it, but I can't seem to find what it means. So if anyone out there had, knows, please, you know, just shoot us a message and let us know what it means. Uh, I'm trying to look here. No, can't seem to find anything that explains why they have five stars. Let's make it our homework for the next episode. Exactly. Hold on. By the way, I've looked up as we were talking, I've looked up that... Uh, Silver Snoopy, 50-year anniversary. It's only $13,000 if you buy retail. Do you know how much it costs right now if you buy on Corona 24? How much? 48000 That's the cheapest one I could find. Yikes. Yeah, imagine. Man, imagine sniping one of those. Yikes. God damn. I mean, I don't promote yeah. I don't promote scalpers, but I would, tell, I would totally sell it oh, if yeah. I had it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a $30,000. No, sorry. $35,000 profit. This is insane. It's insane. Absolutely. So, by the way, I just found here, many older models have five-star on the dials, a former trademark of the series. It doesn't mean anything more. The watches are smaller than today. 
back then watches were much smaller than they are today at 35 millimeters so so it doesn't mean um, anything it doesn't really it doesn't have a very significant thing it's more of a trademark that they've always used right okay that's what I'm seeing here okay so continuing on I think that another big release that really dominated for a day or so but a you know, obviously, people are waiting to see. Was uh, MBNF where Maximilian Busse uh, came out with his his very long-awaited Mad One for the public um, in red, following up from last year, had a crazy response. So there's new release. There were three tiers to get it: the friends or the existing ones, those that emailed them specifically saying they wanted to buy it, and then there's a lottery where we, I think, we all signed up. Um, the watch comes out, it's in red. What do you think of this lottery approach, Dimitri? And the release in general? I think it's fair in terms of a lottery because the hype is so intense. There's so many people to, to get it. I, I kind of like the idea that, you know what, if you have a very limited supply of those pieces, it's better to have a lottery because you would feel like it's more fair than having, let's say, a launch date at a specific time and then not being able to buy it. You know more about that right. later. More about that in a second. Yeah, uh, I think that's. I think it's a decent <laughs> approach. You know, like I would totally. I wouldn't. I don't think. And we all signed up for the lottery. I don't think that I would feel robbed if I don't win the lottery. I think it's fair, right? It's a lottery. Uh, I wish, obviously, that there's more available, but at the same time, you kind of want this piece to be unique. So, I totally don't right. mind this at all, right? Um, I like the price at twenty nine hundred. It was a thousand Swiss francs more than what he had sold the right. the, the friends version, which is fine. It's um, going to sell for a lot more in the aftermarket. It, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, because a lot of people look at it. They go, oh, "It uses an Mayota A two one A movement," but the thing is, is that that w- the movement lands in his in his workshop. It's completely disassembled, reworked, right. so that it can sit essentially like upside down. So you can see it, uh, yeah, uh, spinning, and you can see, and it'll change the cylinders around to tell the time. So it's like pretty, like really customized afterwards. So I think that it's it's a apparently it's a lot of work to do that. It's not easy to 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 finish that. So I think he's, it looks really really good. I think it's really really cool. Yeah, I, I agree with good you. Good job. I um, I'm so trying to remember. Just uh, okay, uh, I'm trying to remember what's the remember the remember the the micro brand you found that uses like the that the goal of the micro brand was to use the most simple ways to to have mechanisms. Yeah. I can't remember. Oxen Junior. Oxen, Oxen Junior. Exactly. So yeah. don't they also use like a twi- Eta twenty eight twenty four as the base, and then they just yep. kind of like always. And it's fine to me because and when it's they so add, they go, modified. I want to use the minimum the minimum amount of components possible to go, there's these five pieces, this is what we add to give you this. And you're like, oh my gosh. Was it, no, sorry, is it the, the Oxen Junior that uses that? No, I think I'm confused. I think that's the Resance that uses uh, ETA movements, but like so heavily modified with the oil, oh, yeah. with the oil uh, in the watch itself. Yes. Right? Like it's at that point, not really the ETA 2824. And I think that's why I'm kind of kind of trying to tie it to that, to the mad red watch, right? Yeah. Even if it's a Mayora movement that might, scare some people it's not really Mayora it's so heavily worked on that it's completely different exactly it's like you buy a base frame for a car but then you modify everything inside it to make it so the person goes yeah but it's on it's on this chassis and you go well it's not the same car anymore yeah exactly (laughs) fine then go buy a Ford Fiesta show me what you could do with it right (laughs) yeah make it into a Lamborghini so there was another release that came out, it was announced about a month ago, and then there was a chance to actually buy it. They went for a different model, it was the Ming GMT. Two colorways, two separate oh. dates. And um, 
you were thinking about it. You tried to get one and something happened. So talk us, talk us about that experience. How did that go? So I signed up for it. Well, I signed up for it. I was getting the newsletter, but it wasn't like, uh, you know, it wasn't like a pre-sale or anything. Not for me because I'm right. not an existing customer. Uh, what they did is that uh, on they've released two specific versions, one Guild, one uh, Tokyo, I think, or Kyoto, sorry, Kyoto yeah. dial, Kyoto, which is like yeah. a greener version of it. Both GMT watches. Um, they've released them a week apart for on a Friday at like nine o'clock Eastern time. Uh, the window was open for a very short period of time. What I didn't like, right. and it kind of you know part of my dissatisfaction with this experience is. Um, that they made it very complex. I guess they're trying to make sure to prevent fraud as much as possible, but they right. created a very complex system to authenticate your credit card. And as it turns out, most banks from here don't really uh, understand or accept, let's say, this authentication method. So when I tried to buy the watch, you have a very short window. I, you know, like I was sitting there refreshing my 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 screen. Uh, as soon as it went online, honestly, I didn't have a problem to actually attempt to buy the watch. And as soon as you know, as soon as the as soon as the sale started, I was instantly on the sales page and I was putting my information. However, I've tried all of my credit cards and it didn't go through. And no matter how much I tried, it just didn't work. And then I called my bank, and the bank told me that you like the the feature that they're using is not a feature that we can just enable. Like you have to call us, let's say, ten minutes before you make the purchase. We will disable the security features on the card. And then you'll be able to go through the transaction. But because it's such a big exposure to the credit card for fraud, that the security feature that we, we have to disable for you, you have to call us like, like, like 10 minutes before the thing goes on sale because right. we won't be able to keep it uh, disabled for more than 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. So yeah. like, it's not like, hey, call us today and then you, you buy it tomorrow and call us back to, sh to turn it off, right? It's kind of like we give you a short window of the disabling of the security and then you do it immediately and call us. And uh, I, I was even talking to the guy on the phone. I'm like, well, listen, I was, I was waiting in line for 10 minutes to, call, to talk to you. Like, I won't have that opportunity. He goes, okay, here's my direct number, right? Like, I felt like I had to jump through way too many hoops to try to do this. And to be honest... Right. And to be honest, I, I kind of lost interest in buying that watch because I didn't, well, I wasn't successful to, in buying it the first week. And the second week, I was, I was kind of like, hey, you know what? I, I'm not going to do it. So I think one of the, 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 my two takeaways from your story, one is, um, the first thing is, from a buying system, I wish that people could go in and build their profile have their enter their payment services, PayPal. Yeah, sure. Put their profile. You know, like why there. couldn't yeah. exactly build your profile already ahead of time? Goes, hey, if you want to buy this watch, build a profile that will validate. With you know, go through the whole authentication. So you go in there, click buy with PayPal, go. Um, and I think the other one too, which I think you're touching on, is the experience of how you purchase a watch is equally important on how you're going to enjoy that timepiece. And if you're going through a really terrible experience, it can really leave a bad taste in your mouth. I think you experienced that with your Bulova Moon Watch or Lunar Pilot. Well, yeah, it was, that was a bit different, yeah. right? Because it was quality related. This one, I think, I, I think these are but pretty But because decent, you had such a... But yeah, but experience yeah, takes it away. Experience. Yeah. Agreed. It has a lot of weight in the equation, I think, yeah. And you've tried it as well, right? And it didn't work for you either. Exactly. And, yeah. and like, has it affected, and, uh, let's say, your future uh, attempts in buying watches from Ming or no? 
we'll see how this one comes out. I still have the 1709 that's coming in the mail. Should be coming up uh, now. So right, and I, because there were, it's like um, in the email, there's three. It goes. You, look at your transaction number. If it ends with these four digits, look at it. So there was end of March. Mine is the end of April, uh, and then there was one end of May. So I was like, shit, I, because I read it too quick. I'm like, oh, end of March. I'm like, no, no, I'm in the end of April batch. So um, I should be getting by the end of this month. The hey, pay us the rest, and then uh, we send you the watch. Oh, okay, so you, you you still haven't paid the second part either, right? I guess that they do it before they send it. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So that's why the even when you buy now, it's always you pay the first uh, the deposit down for the to reserve your watch. Very very curious to see it because that watch just like the the Corona, right? It, it's you pay for the finishing, right? For the not for the what's inside necessarily. Exactly, so. and that's what I think is fun because they also look different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very so, interesting. Yeah, a lot of releases, and I think a lot of releases to come. You know, we're we're heading into watches and wonders. Um, so I think we need to do an episode on watches and wonders. I am really looking for Tudor, Patek, Rolex, a lot of the Richemont brands. So JLC, Bowman, Merci, IWC, Panerai. You're all on the bubble now to see what you're going to release. I have a prediction. Uh-oh. And I'll see if it comes true. My prediction. But this is, I think, a pretty fair one. I think that the Rolex Yachtmaster will be discontinued this year. But I have a very... My reasoning behind is very simple. They're not... In, listed as an increase in the price catalog. Right. So that's why I'm predicting that. And I'm also predicting uh, a new color for the Tudor chronograph, maybe. Oh. And hopefully a new color for the GMT. Well, a Pepsi. That's my prediction. That's a good Not one. a Pepsi, sorry, a Coke. Pepsi, where it Coke? is there? Yeah, Coke. Is a... Uh, but that's Gosh, I wish. So yeah, I wish. I would still go for a Pepsi though. Sorry, yes, nice if if they were ever available for purchase, I yeah. would go for a Pepsi. <laughs> but but now I just have to like live with just a printed out photograph from the website. I agree. Put it on I my agree. wrist. I think I have a Rolex tattoo. I think <laughs> on my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jaja Lecoute has a lot to do this year. I hope so because they've I'm, been pretty stagnant, yeah. let's say, in the last few years. Exactly, they gotta, they gotta do something amazing, like refresh yeah. the Polaris, the chronographs. Let's say it'd be cool, man. I wish, I wish Can this memo was, Vox. Yeah, I wish instead of a prediction, I, I just mostly have wishes. Like, man, imagine that if sure. they they reintroduced the sector dials. I don't know why they removed them. They were so amazing. I love the sector dials. Do you know what they're Time only sector dial was retailing for when they released it fifty seven hundred US dollars. So it's about seventy five hundred bucks for that sector dial time only. I was like, that's fucking dope. Like, why? Why did they only have the run for a year? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. And the, even the, the geography one was pretty awesome. No, the ge- yeah, 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 geographic was amazing. The chronograph was excellent too. That thing was ten thousand US. For a perfect chronograph, a very uh, high quality chronograph, great movement, uh, great finishing. It was excellent. So I think that sums it up. Our next week's episode, we're really going to jump into that Omega release. I think it's it's worth having the to talk about the Moon Swatch, or is it a Swatch release to be discussed? <laughs> and we will see if Carl is back as we speak. The rolling the dice, he's going to go do a test. If it comes back positive. Uh, we'll have another episode without him next week, <laughs> which is totally fine. Negative, we'll I think see. it's a lot better. It's totally great. Yeah. I think this went really well. It looked, I don't know about I you. Think I think it went, went a lot really, better really than before. Well. I mean, we'll have oh, to yeah. get used to it a bit more. But you know what? I'm liking this. 
We should write them off. Yes. Like like they do from sitcoms. We should write them off. From sitcoms. Yeah. Yeah, just write them off. Yeah. He died in an elevator in shaft. In an elevator shaft, yeah. Naked. Oh, I mean, he only... Who are you? You, you take the elevator Stung dressed. by bees. <laughs> in an elevator shaft. So many bee stings. <laughs> uh, um, so, yes, guys. Also, you know, it's a really tough time. There's a lot going on in the world. So, you know, thanks for joining us this week. We hope we could make you uh, smile and maybe enjoy something fun and ridiculous as luxury watches. Uh, but, uh, guys, be good to each other. Be, be, be kind to each other. And... Uh, we will see you next week. So if you enjoyed this episode, please reach out to us on Big Black Clock Official on Instagram or email us at bigblackclockteam at gmail.com. Send us your pictures, corrections, ideas, insults, and let us know if there are any pieces you want us to review. With, of course, the caveat that we can afford them. As always, be good to each other, eat good food, have some drinks. For those of you always watch shopping, happy hunting. Thanks for spending time with us, and we will see you next week.